Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Himalaya. Hi, this is Rosie Mercado, and you're listening to Season 2 of The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya Learning audio course. To listen to the rest of the course and others like it, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Rosie Season 2 and enter promo code RELATIONSHIPS to get your first 14 days absolutely free. I hope to see you there. I'm Rosie Mercado, and this is The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, the podcast that loves to get honest about family. Today's guest is a singer and overall inspiration for women everywhere. Her band, Wilson Phillips, is probably the most girl power group out there, and her honesty about body positivity and parenting makes her even more relatable. That's why I love you so much, because you keep it real. Welcome to the podcast, Carney Wilson. Aw, Rosie. Thank you, Rosie. Before we get started, I want to recite the quote of the day. Today's quote comes from author and activist Bryant McGill. Real transformation requires real honesty. If you want to move forward, get real with yourself. What do you think about today's quote? Oh, wow. I mean, (laughs) that's been my mantra for a long time. I think it's a mantra. I think it's a quote, but it's a mantra, you know? And you've been through such a transformation. I mean, we're, we're talking about, and one of the things that I love besides your transformation is how you just keep it real. You're, you just put it all out there. Like you, you, you speak your mind. And I think that's such an empowerful, incredible thing to do because people sometimes are so afraid of like, if I say this, what are people going to think or how they're going to react? And you don't, you don't give it to you. Just, you just say it as you see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, it starts with like what the, what the quote was, was about, you know, honesty, you know, and first, first being honest with yourself about, you know, doing kind of a self-check, you know, how am I doing? How am I feeling about this or that? And then, um, you know, in general, I just think keeping things inside is what really harms us and um, keeps us from growing. So I just believe the more we're open, I mean, you know, there's a ton of place for, for everything. And believe me, I could use some discretion uh, a lot. Um, my husband always says, you know, you need to be a little more discreet. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, but I, I kind of do, you know, so there's a limit too. talking about honesty. How hard has it been honest at times to be honest with yourself? Like call yourself. You're like, all right. Like, I know I'm getting feedback, but hold on. Let me, let me check with myself. Is this constructive criticism or is this just criticism to like pull me down? I mean, how many times have you gone through that? Because being a public figure, you must get applauded and celebrated and at the same time torn apart yeah that's definitely true i mean i don't know it's it's it, i think it just comes down to um i mean now at, i mean at 25 i felt different than i do now at 52 you know what i mean like now i i don't i do care about what people think of course because i care about people's feelings and i care about people and and you know respecting other people's views you know 
Um, and, and, you know, I, I want to be, um, be, I want to become teachable. I want to remain teachable and learn from other people as well. However, when it comes to the things that are really important to me, I can be influenced by other people. I can watch the way they have, you know, paved their own course, but I have to try to stay true to myself too. And part of that is intuition. Part of that is my own experience of what I've been through, my beliefs, um, you know, and my priorities. Mm -hmm. So these days I don't really, if someone has an opinion about me, like me as a person, I don't care about that. If someone has an opinion about something that I've done, like an act, something that I've said or done, I will look into that and say, huh, why are they thinking that? Like, and I'll say, why do you feel that way? Or I'll, I'll try to figure that out. And I'll, and I'll think, because if I solely rely on my own um, judgment, it could get skewed. We're all human. You know, we're not like, we don't, we don't evolve and then we graduate from evolving. It is always going to be a learning thing. You talk about intuition. Like, how do you tap in as a woman? Because I, I think our intuition is so powerful. And the more we pay attention to it, yeah. um, it's telling us something. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a guiding point. Like, your real intuition, you feel it, you know it. And sometimes you avoid it. And when you avoid it, you're like, I knew it, but why didn't I listen? Why did I second guess myself? How, do you, how have you learned, you know, through all the wisdom that you've attained through your life to pay attention to your intuition? And like, what was like the first step? Well, intuition is huge. And I think it starts at a young age. You know what I mean? Like, I remember you just being a little girl and uh, the intuition uh, with certain people. And like, I, like somebody would give me a feeling like, you know, like I think well, that that person, I, I don't, I don't get a good feeling about that person. And it turns out that person did some pretty crappy things. You know, um, I think it starts younger than we think. Um, I think we're born with a lot of intuition. Um, but Again, we're sort of, a, we can be afraid of it too, because yeah. we might want something, but something, there's a voice saying, I don't know if that's such a good idea. And um, sometimes we listen to it and sometimes we don't, you know, like I want that quesadilla at 11.30 PM. Here's a good example, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Oh God, you know, I want that quesadilla. Do you really need that quesadilla? You know, does it, yeah, and, and the voices start. And I go, well, I don't know. I start talking to you, you know, well, I don't know. I'm really hungry. Well, why don't you have an alternative that's more healthy? Well, you know, fuck you. You know, whatever it is, you know, it's, just, it's like, it's so true, I don't know. It's so true. So we have these intuitions and sometimes we won't listen to them deliberately and we'll regret it later. And sometimes, it's just okay, you know, uh, but, but, but the intuition for me talking about intuition and I, and I really think it's huge is uh, our gut feelings, you know, and I, 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 my first book that I wrote is called gut feelings because it was like, I did, I, I have listened to my gut a lot in my life, but fear can really stop me and being scared of things um, can stop me um, from carrying through with that. But when I became a mother, that's when the real powerful, powerful intuition, you know, came into play. How did it change with motherhood? I mean, because motherhood is, there's such an awakening and it seems like you become 
with every child that comes, it's like something new is born within you. It's like you have this re as you're giving birth, you have this rebirth and there's a stronger connection. How, how did, how did you experience that in motherhood? Well, it's just the most powerful thing. I love you said awakening. Cause that's what it felt. That's what it felt like, you know, um, it's the most powerful thing I've ever felt hands down, you know, you know, I, I gave a lot of power to, and I still do to food. Um, I gave a lot of power to drugs and alcohol years ago. Um, I gave a lot of power to my feelings, but the power of the, the, the motherly, the mother, motherly intuition is enormous. And I don't think anything can come close to it. Not all women are meant to have children. And I know for me, we weren't even planning on having kids. I wanted to have kids, but I didn't. Um, Rob and I, you know, we waited about five years after we got married. And, uh, and then suddenly I just had this, um, I don't know, I just, I, I don't want to sound cliche, but I did feel kind of like a clock a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was 36 and I thought, okay, it's some 36. I think it's time, like, what's missing? You know, what's missing? I felt like a little... You know, I had lost a bunch of weight and I, and like, you know, toured the world and had some success professionally, but there was sort of a little bit of an emptiness mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, uh, I had, well, actually I'm going into other, other areas, but let I me mean, stick, just stick into the intuition part of it. No, I think, no, I think it's good. No, I think it's good. Oh, okay. No, no, go for it. No, no, go for it. I think it's good. Yeah. It was just like this you know, knowing that, um, that I did want to have kids one day, it was, I was at the lowest point in my life other than when I had a gastric bypass and decided to really kind of take charge of my health. I was at a different place that was very, very, um, I felt very empty. And, uh, it's not that I wanted to use kids to fill the hole, but it was kind of like, a natural, um, an answer, you know, it was, it, I wasn't as spiritual back then as I am now, because after I got sober, I got extremely spiritual, but it was almost like it was a prayer answer. And I didn't even know that I was praying. Mm. So that I, I got sober and two weeks later I got pregnant and I believe that was a sign from God. And I believe that my children are my angels, you know? So it's uh, there's so much in between that in the, in between those things, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important for people to, to hear that because sometimes we, we go through life and we feel like either something missing and it's a journey because we're getting to know ourselves. We're getting to find who we are, whether, you know, and we have ups and downs. And that's the thing is like, we have ups and downs. And what I love is that you, you openly talk about that. How was your transformation and your relationship with food? Like how did that first? Cause that's like the first part of your transformation. And then, you know, and then you go through talking about getting sober, like you go from one, what did you find out about yourself through that process? Because it seems like first it was food. And I, and I know that cause I had an unhealthy relationship with food. Like it was my go-to. It was like the moment that I would eat it. I felt like, and then, and then it was a roller coaster down from this, like beating myself up for eating and then just getting bigger and bigger and then taking that crazy decision of, all right, I'm going to get the gastric sleeve and everybody thinking that I was crazy. And I'm like, I'm just doing it. I'm doing it. Cause I have to somehow I have to take control. How was that journey for you? Well, I was, um, 
I was 31 and I was experiencing, you know, some, some comorbidities with, from obesity and from morbid obesity. And it was, um, I had a doctor tell me I wouldn't live to see 40, you know, so I, it freaked me out, you know, and, um, but you know, the, 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 the sober thing is, is after sobriety and, and that, that addiction overall underneath this entire umbrella is, uh, is an addict. And that's who I am. I, that's what I am and who I am. I am an addict and I'm addicted to all things that I love that feel good, smell good, taste good and, and look good. And, you know, I've accepted that. And that's why I have to be religious about um, being in a program that works for me. And it's been, it's been Alcoholics Anonymous. It is anonymous and I'm not, I don't talk about it, but it's a 12 step program. That's what it is. And that's the only thing that's ever worked for me. Um, I've never given, uh, I've never given it to food. And I think it's part of me that I'm, I'm still on this journey with it. And that's the honesty here is that, you know, after I had my kids, I still have those 70 pounds on, um, but I'm not 310, you know, yeah. I might weigh 20 or 225, whatever it is, but I'm not 310. So I, I, I can't beat myself up that I'm not you know, at my lowest weight, but I'm not at my highest weight. How is my health? That's the main thing. Mm, Powerful question. Powerful question for anybody beating themselves up after gastric sleeve that you put on weight throughout time. And then I've talked to so many people that beat themselves up after gastric sleeve that put on some weight, but it's like, okay, you know, breathe. Some people it's 20, some people it's 30. Some people you just go through something and life happens and they really put themselves down because of it. it's like, it's bad. Well, you revert back to habits, you know, this, that the habits that we, that, that we are so used to. And I just think that, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, um, it's like a game I play with myself. I think, I think it's just this, it's not denial because I know what I do to sabotage my own growth or success with it. But there's just a fear and I'm, I'm not quite there yet to let down the veil yet 100%. And I hope I get there. But I always say this. I say, I am where I am when I'm there. And if someone is going to tell me I'm not good or enough or good enough or, or I'm, not, I'm not right because I'm not this size or this whatever, it's my own... Um, story and it's my own growth and it's my own evolvement. And it, it really has nothing to do with anybody else, but me. And I always say, when you want something bad enough, you change it. And that's why I love your story as well, because you know, you had a health crisis as a catalyst and I did too. And that was part of when I decided I was at that low point And I thought, my God, you know, um, my back is going out. I'm, I'm going to diabetes is around the corner. Like I was pre-diabetic, you know, um, Oh, it was a list of things, just a list of things. My liver was toxic. Uh, my blood pressure was high. I was 30 years old. And, you know, I knew that I needed help and it was a surgical intervention. And that is what I did. And I never put, I never up to that point. I mean, with Wilson Phillips, I would tour. I put all my heart into that. You know, I graduated high school, went straight into professional career in singing and I put so much heart and soul and effort into that. And then that kind of went away and China went, you know, to go do her own thing. And I, 
I did some TV work, but I just, I just fell into this very, I fell into a depression looking back now. And I've always had therapy, but I was sabotaging myself and I just got bigger and bigger and was so out of control and I just needed help. And so I took the plunge and I put so much effort into it. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, this is radical. It's a radical thing to do, but it's not a fix. So I have to do the work that's entailed. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Thank you for saying that because I am so sick and tired of hearing. I don't know if, if you, if you hear this or other people get criticized that, you know, it's like, they're like, you got to come clean and come out of the closet. Cause you got gastric sleep and, and you took the easy way out. And I'm like, hello, like there's nothing in weight loss and weight loss in general. There's nothing easy about it. Like, it's not just one thing and bam, it's like everything. There is so many steps to take. And then the psychological and the spiritual, everything that it involves. All of it. All of it. It really is no different than starting a like a radical diet or a big diet where you go for it. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you, if you revert back to the old habits, all, you know, a hundred percent, the weight will come back on. The only thing I can say about the surgical intervention is that I was full fast. Yeah. I, I was, uh, sugar and high fat foods. I, it, there was a deterrent and I needed that policeman. I needed that policeman in me to help me with that. It wasn't done for me because I know people that have these surgeries and some people don't have the dumping syndrome. They eat like shit. They don't eat good food. They go, well, how come I'm not reaching my goal weight? Well, you're not drinking enough water. You're not exercising. I mean, so much. I mean, I remember working out every day. I would walk, 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 walk. I would drink all my water. I would choose protein first. And wouldn't you know, calories in, calories out, the weight would come off. And if I did that now, I put, I'm just trying to do one of those things. So it's like, it, it is not the easy way out, but, but it was a, it was a transformation health wise that I needed, but emotionally, I don't think I ever caught up to it. And maybe it, maybe that's why I, you know, dove into alcohol and how I always smoked pot. I always loved pot. I was never a druggie. But I started to drink alcohol because I couldn't handle the physical change. It was foreign to me. Well, and then did you, I don't know if you went through this, but I went, went through the transformation that even though I was losing weight, I always still, I really had to work with my mind and the inner voice of then the loose skin. And then on top of the loose skin, the cellulite. And then on top of that, it's like, you see one thing and then you, you start seeing, you're like, yay, my, I'm going down. What a transformation. And it's like, oh shit, look at the loose skin. And I hear myself clapping as I'm walking because my thighs are so loose or hello, you know, the arms are like, like now all these other things start popping up and I'm like, oh my goodness, when, when does, does this journey ever end? And it's like, you have to learn to just love yourself, but it's a day by day process that you are constantly working. And then also having that, that, that look in the mirror of, okay, today I feel really good. And then tomorrow comes and the next day comes and, oh, you know what? I feel really fat today. Or I still view myself as I did before. I mean, there's so many mind things that happen. How did you deal with, with all of that? And do you still deal with some of it? I think back then, I put more emphasis on the little things like that. Today, I just 
it's like priorities. It's like, I remember laying in the bathtub after I'd lost that 160 pounds and I used to play with my skin. You know, I, 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 I have the wine. I didn't have kids. I'd have the wine, glass of wine. I put the bubbles in the bath and I'd lay back and I'd be like, Oh, look at this. Woo. I'd stretch it out. I'd pull on the skin. You know, I'd be like, Jesus, it's a lot of skin, you know? And I'd play with it. It's like fluff, you know? And I thought I can, I can cut it off or not. And my breasts were just like, you know, I, you couldn't even see the areola. They were like underneath. They were so hanging down so low. And I thought, Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll feel better if I just do this. And I went for it. I went for the reconstructive surgery. I was, let's see, 30. Uh, oh God, how old was I then? I can't even put it together. Wait, 31, but three years after the surgery. So, you know, I, it was before I had children. I always say before children, you know, um, a different kind of BC before Christ, before children. <laughs> uh, it, I, I don't know if I would have done it this time if, or at this point, because I wound up putting in implants and then they ruptured and I so regretted putting in the implants. I wanted, like, I went through this phase of like, I want to feel like slutty. I want to feel like hot. I want to feel like, you know, um, tight and I want to have, you know, perky boobs. And, and when I went in for the reconstructive surgery, the doctor said to me, he was so sweet. He said, you know, bring in a bunch of magazines and bring all the magazines with all the pictures of the women that you want to look like. And so I brought him in. I'm like, I want to look like her. I want to look like her and her. I want her boobs, her thighs, her butt, her this. And he looked at me and he goes, um, he goes, I hate to break it to you, but you can't have any of that. And I said, the hell am I here for then? You know? And he said, I want to tell you about being realistic in your life. At this point forward, as a surgeon, as a, as a reconstructive plastic surgeon, and as a father and as a friend, because he was a friend of the family, he's passed away. His name was Stephen Zachs. He was in Beverly Hills, a wonderful man. He said to me, you will never be able to look like that. He said, but that's not a bad thing. And I had to sit with this for a minute. And I thought to myself, he's right. He's right. It's called progress, not, not perfection. Progress. So anything I do, if I have this tummy tuck and I have a scar, little scar from hip to hip, and I pull it tight, you know, uh, it's better than it was. If I, if I lift the boobs and they're not up here, but they're here. It's better than down here. <laughs> yes. It's something progress. better. It's an improvement. Yes. All we are is a progress, right? So I, I did it. And I tell you one thing, though, a very funny story about it. This is hilarious. When, he, when I went in, he goes, well, you know, some surgeons pull the skin down. I pull the skin up. He goes, so you're, you know, you're your thing will get like a lift. And I went, okay, great. Not that it was sagging or weird, but I went, okay. He told me the same thing when I got my tummy tuck. He's like, we're going to give your vagina a lift. So we're just going to pull up. Yeah, perky and nice Fine. and tight. Fine. So I'm like, okay, great. So I go, I have the surgery, eight hour surgery. And I was, I mean, I was on the Demerol and this, and I was hallucinating and it was bad. Went to this little hotel for two days for a recovery thing. 
I went to go pee for the first time, walking like an old lady with the, the brace and, you know, and I, I never felt such tight sensation. I had stitches, you know, I, I go to the bathroom and I sit down on the toilet and I sit to go pee and my pee shoots across the room. <laughs> and I screamed and the nurse was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I'm like, huh, my pee. And I, I'm like, oh my God. He lifted my crotch. Like, and then, yeah, but then they get ready. They didn't get ready. Then, because he told me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull your stomach so tight that you're going to be able to bounce a quarter off it. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, he, when the first time I went to go poop, I went to wipe. I know this is disgusting, but it's funny as hell. I went to wipe and I went, wait a minute. Where is my, where is my, oh. Rosie, my whole butthole moved up like this much. Oh my God. And I couldn't find it. So I went, couldn't find it. So I was reaching and reaching and reaching. And then went to the surgeon for the checkup. And I said, and I went, I'm going to make him laugh really hard right now. I sat down and I said, Doc, thanks for the, for the perky tits. <laughs> thanks for the, the puss of a 15-year-old. Where the hell is my asshole? And he fell, you know those little stools they sit on? He fell off the stool laughing so hard. He laughed. We couldn't even have the appointment. We're laughing so hard the whole time. It was the funniest thing. But I mean, so you got to have some humor in this stuff. Oh my goodness. I have to ask you, how was it for you? It was so, it was so crazy for me to, that I was able to see my vagina for the first oh, time God, in such a I long know. time. How was that for you? I was like, I told, that's the, I was like, I can see my vagina. And he just looked at me like, I'm like crazy. And I was, I couldn't laugh because it hurt to laugh. But I was like, holy shit, I could see my vagina. And I was just like, I kept looking at it. And he's like, and, 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 I, and he's just looking at me like he didn't know what to do. He, it was such a crazy moment. How was your moment? Oh God, I loved it. It was so great. I mean, you would think that it, it wouldn't be a big deal, but that's kind of my barometer, you know, like if I can see if my, if my stomach goes past my boobs and I know I've gained weight or if it's, if my boobs are in front of it, it's so crazy. Oh, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. But I mean, I, you know, I remember sitting on the toilet and breaking the toilet seat. I remember things that were so heartbreaking and so humiliating to myself, you know, that it was, um, these little victories these little personal, no more seatbelt extension. There are these little victories that we celebrate, you know, that mean a lot to us that might not mean anything to somebody else. Oh my God. Like checking your chair to make sure it's like, like it's a real good chair that you're not going to break it or it's not. Yeah. Those, those are the things that I'm never going to forget or fitting in a car for me. Oh my God. Being able to get any car and not having to worry if I could fit in the car. That was huge. I mean, people don't understand like so, so many people that have not gone through like major weight loss don't understand like the little things that people take from granted from like dancing and just walking without sweating profusely, um, the hips hurting the lower back, feeling out of breath, going into a car, wiping your ass, anything. I mean, I know it's really true. Tying your shoes and not feeling like you're going to pass out because you're like sucking it in to be able to, and then you can't breathe. Like people don't understand that kind of stuff. Now that you've gone through this transformation and also you've gone through sobriety and like just really just, you're real, you're connected, you're open. What has that taught you as a mom? Like, what do you teach your kids now? What do you tell them? 
Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems to me that, you know, life can be really serious and they, they start to experience little, little, you know, victories, like we said, little failures, like, you know, they get a lower grade on a test, they get a lower score than they thought they were going to get. Um, you know, I, I say to them, did you, did you try? Did you study? Did you try? And they said, yes, I did. And I still got, and I said, huh, okay. So there's more, there's the next one. You know, it doesn't mean you're a failure as a person. You know, I constantly tell them who you are inside, how you treat other people, how compassionate you are. That's what matters the most in your life. Not a grade. You know, I understand you want to build your grades up and, you know, go to a good college or go to college. Great. You can do that. You can do that. You can do anything you want. But the priority is, you know, who are you as a human being? How do you treat people? You know, how do you help people? Are you compassionate? How do you love yourself? I mean, you know, I remember Lola who tend, who tends to, she can gain weight easily like me. Lucy has a little more of Rob's genes, but I remember when Lola was going through this phase and she was, you know, kind of, um, you know, gaining a little bit of weight and she would talk really negatively about her body and it crushed my soul when she would do that. Oh, crushed my heart. And I, you know, I remember, I remember crying. I've never been afraid to show my emotions to my kids. Not that I'm weak and that I won't be there for them or be, or be their strong rock, but it's important for me to show my emotions to them, to know that I can overcome something. If something makes me sad, God damn it, I'm going to be sad. And then they have to know that the feelings will pass. So if she's upset about a grade, the feelings will pass and she can study harder for the next one or the next one might be better. And then she knows the feeling of not failing, but maybe just not doing it like she thought it would, she would do. And that the next time she can experience a joyful feeling. That's just what I encourage them to do. What about the body positivity? Like how do you teach Lola to have body positivity and just love herself? Because in a time with social media and, you know, depression on an all time high. And then kids like we're really having a rough time either connecting or they're seeing things that are just not real on social media. And they compare themselves from head to toe. And it's so crazy that that's happening, but it's the reality. How do you instill body positivity in your daughter with everything that you've learned? So she, she grows up in a sense, having that healthier relationship with her body than you did when you were that age. I think it's rapid. First of all, I have to say it's so horrid right now. What is happening right now is so scary for, for girls, young girls, and, and young, young boys. Um, it's really important that the parents constantly tell them that what's inside is more important than the outside. That I was growing, I was brought up that way. And I am so grateful because that is, that's a savior it's not going to get better out there. It's just, it, it always has been this way from modeling to the actresses to all of it. And it's okay to be concerned about how you look. We, we want to feel good. And you know, when I, like when I put my makeup on today, I feel like I look and I go, Oh, I look pretty versus when I don't. And I start picking myself apart, but it's okay to, feel pretty some days and just be natural and go, this is me. It doesn't mean I'm ugly. It doesn't mean I'm ugly. It's like, if, if I, if I don't wash my armpits, I'm going to get BO. I don't like how it smells. So I'm going to put a little deodorant on. Some days I procrastinate. I got a little stinky, stinky. 
And I'm like, oh, it stinks. Okay, it stinks. I got to take a shower soon. I don't beat myself up for this stuff anymore. You know what I mean? So I try to tell the girls, don't compare yourself. Try not to compare yourself to so many people. It's a natural instinct to go, oh, I want to look like her. But like, I'm born with what I'm born with. I'm 5'3". I'm never going to be 5'8". You know what I mean? Like, learn to appreciate what God gave you. You know, like I look at my, my eyes and I go, I like the shape of my almond eyes. You know, people say, you have a nice nose. And I'll go, well, I don't, I don't like the bump. Right. And, but I go, wait a minute, you know, thank you. Thank you. And I thank God. Thank you for giving me me because there's only one me. So when my children go, I don't like my, my, I don't like my thighs. I say, why don't you like your thighs? Cause they're not thin enough. Well, who said they're not thin enough? You are you and you're beautiful. And, and I also, I also kind of like play a little guilty. I go, it hurts my heart when you say that. I say, it hurt, it's like a spear going through my heart when you talk bad about yourself. It, it hurts me so much. I say, because I love you so much and I don't want you to feel that way about yourself. It's so important that you just, you talk, you have positive words about yourself. You don't have to sit there all day and go, I am beautiful, I am beautiful. I am. Not that. Just, I accept who I am. And if I want to improve something, I can, I can try to improve what X, Y, or Z. You know what I mean? But not define myself as a person because I don't look like that him or, or her. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, I agree. And I think that's something that we, we have to learn. And I love that you said that if you want to improve yourself, you have a right to do that. And there's nothing wrong. Cause a lot of people start, you, you, whether you, you know, you, you lose weight, you're still too damn fat. You gain weight, you're still fat. You know, you go through this transformation and, and, and you do your makeup, then you did your makeup. Like there, there's, there's people that are so negative about, the, and it's a reflection of themselves, I always say, that will always criticize whatever you do, whether good or bad. If, if you're doing something amazing, people will find something bad about it. You're doing something bad, people will find more bad about it. So it doesn't matter. Just being able to love yourself through the process of self-discovery and your own transformation. Now, this is something that I love to do. It's called Rosie's Takeaways, where I asked my friends about a moment of adversity that they had and how they overcame it. What was your moment and what was the lesson that you learned? Well, you know, originally I thought I was going to talk about, you know, having a, a, a gastric bypass and that moment of like that health thing. But what's interesting is what happened before, right before I had a, a gastric bypass, I woke up one morning and I thought I was having a stroke. Um, I was brushing my teeth and I couldn't move the right side of my face. And I was brushing my teeth and it was like, it was like this. And I, I was like, oh my God, I, I can feel my face, but I can't smile and I can't move my mouth. And I had Bell's palsy, but I didn't know what it was. I called my doctor and I said, I think I'm having a stroke. I was at my heaviest weight the lowest point of my life. I had broken up with my boyfriend. I was working at the Needlepoint store. Wilson Phillips was not happening. I was a mess. And my nerves were so bad that I had, you know, a chicken pox when I was young and the virus was active and I got Bell's palsy. When I look at that moment, I feel like that moment was a time where God or some force was, was actually saying, um, freeze, freeze, like stop, you know? And like one side of my face literally stopped. 
And it was like, freeze. Go outside of yourself and take a look at your life right now. Look at yourself right now. And I, that was my moment where I went, oh, shit, you know, this is not good. I need to change. I need to help myself. That's, that, that, that's it. That's it. That's what it was. That was my moment. And, and by the way, and by the way, I had just filmed for a TV show, a TV movie called the sixties and they had a red carpet event and it, I had to walk down the red carpet with Bell's palsy. And I once went on the internet and Googled, you know, like searching for pictures. And there's a picture of me like, like this smiling on the red carpet with one is frightening. I'm like, (laughs) so scary, but shit, you know, those are the moments, you know, I think everybody might have one of those. Everybody but does, but sometimes I we're so afraid I, to say it. I know. Cause we're, but what are we ashamed of? What are we ashamed of? I don't think it could ever get worse than what we're going through right now. Everybody is being tested. It just can't collectively. Everyone is going through this time. And we're all being tested right now. Our humanity, our resilience, our, our, um, our strength, our sadness, our finding our joys, everyone is being tested. So it's funny because I feel like we're all going through this. I can't wait for next year and the year after to see what people changed in their lives after this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great way to be able to look at everything that's going as a test and the transformation and all the the blessings that are going to come out of it, the growth, the wisdom that's going to come out of it, the healing. Um, I, there's so much, there's so much transformation going on in the world. And I know it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy time. There's a lot of pain out there. There's just so much going on, but I feel like I agree. I think we are being tested and I think there, we'll be able to look back at this and look at it as what did I learn about myself through this process? I really do. It's some days are better than others and that is okay. Yeah. Some days are worse than others and some days are better and it's just okay. Mm. Carney, well, thank you so much for taking the time for some good laughs, for some honesty, for some wisdom. Where can people find you? Hmm. Uh, well, let's see. I'm not big on Twitter, but I, I love Instagram. So at Carney 68, um, and, uh, love bites by Carney, of course, you know, that's another thing is finding your passion. God, you know, people can feel lost like, Oh, well, I'm good for you. You had your kids and you, you've, you've been in the business and you sing, but I found a passion in baking, you know? So I encourage people to find their passion too. That's really important. And you never know where it's going to take you. That's right. You never know. Never know. Oh my God. Well, we're sending you big hugs. Lots of love. Congratulations on everything that you've done. And just again, thank you for keeping it real. I'm Rosa Mercado. We just spoke with Carney Wilson. And this is the Girl with Self-Esteem Issues podcast. Thank you for listening. Here's a four-step mental checklist to use anytime you want to add a burst of fresh energy, creativity, insight, or you just want to calm yourself down through any stressful situation. It is called STOP. Now let's walk through it together. We start with the first letter in STOP, S. 
Stop whatever you're doing, press the pause button on your thoughts and actions. Next is T. Take a few deep breaths to center yourself and bring yourself fully into the present moment. O, observe what is going on with your body, emotions, and mind. And last but not least is P, proceed with whatever you are doing, making a conscious and intentional choice to incorporate what you just learned. The more mindful you are in what's going on in your own body, mind, and soul, the better decision-making you will be able to create. Always here to help and always here to grow with you. Thank you for listening to the Girl with Self-Esteem Issues podcast. If you want to hear more about my journey, be sure to check out my memoir, The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, available in both English and Spanish through HarperCollins and HarperOne. You can find the link to purchase in the show description or wherever you're listening to this podcast. What you just heard was season two of the Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya learning audio course. To listen to the rest of the course and others like it, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Rosie season two and enter promo code relationships to get your first 14 days free. I hope to see you there.